Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movie, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Erin. And we're drama people back doing drama people things. We want to thank you guys always for listening to our episodes, giving us five-star reviews, and coming to chit-chat with us on Twitter and TikTok. Um, I hope that the weather is a little bit better where you are. It just was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> where I am, uh, Marion, you said it was hailing where you were. <laughs> yeah, it was hailing for a couple minutes. That's just crazy, but we hope that you are having a great day. Wear your mask, sunscreen, and drink your water. Today we are back with another edition of Classic K-Dramas. If you haven't listened to the first episode of this series, it's where we, uh, K-Drama fiends, K-Drama junkies, go back in history, back in time, and look up what are the K-Dramas that influenced our current K-Drama market. What are the, you know, who walked so we could run? You know, all of that good olden payment. And so what we basically do is I usually pick dramas from like the 90s and the 80s that don't have any English translations. <laughs> I just try to get by through Google Translate. And then Marion does like early 2000s dramas. And because, you know, we've heard the names of a lot of these shows, mm-hmm. but don't know what the actual drama is about. And so I thought it would be fun for us to do that. So, um... We're going to kick off this episode with me talking about Hollywood Wave and television in the first generation. Um, I'm reading off the wiki page for the Hollywood Wave wiki page. And so um, so it says the National Assembly granted a broadcasting license to SBS in 1990. Um becoming the first private television station since the forced nationalization of private broadcasters in 1980. In December 1981, the National Assembly passed the Cable Television Act, which directed the Ministry of Information to provide permits to 20 prospective cable television program providers. The providers were selected in August 1993, and cable television services began in March 1995, which is crazy um with the liberalization of the south korean television market a great number of korean programs started to be exported abroad so first drama we're going to talk about is jealousy and jealousy was released in 1992 it was the first k-drama to be broadcasted on china central television in 1990s um in 1992 and then in 1997 broadcast of the k-drama first love and star in my heart in china are generally considered the start of the Korean wave, compounding the foreign interest in Korean television programs, countries throughout East Asia began opening their television markets to foreign countries in the 1980s and the 1990s. In the early 1970s, the poor television programs made up of less than 1% of airtime on China's central television, while by the late 1990s, that number had rose from 20 to 30%. So in Vietnam, Korea, in Vietnam, Korean television made up more than half of all imported programming in 1988. So, we are going to be talking about Jealousy. <laughs> um, Jealousy is a 1992 drama that aired on NBC, 16 episodes, 60 minutes an episode. The Korean co- title is called Chutu. It's written by the writer Yeon Ji Choi. Let me actually bring this up on my drama list and see if she wrote anything else that we might be able to recognize. Let's see. Young, oh, her writer, the writer's not even <laughs> linked on there. But, yeah, it stars uh, Choi Jin-shil and Choi Su-jung. 
um people might know Chase and Jung. He's like um called uh um he's the fuck i forgot how to say it in korean but he's like considered the best husband in all of korean <laughs> television a, people is he on a variety show he currently? has been on variety shows let's see okay. what he's on um he's on second house that was last year but he hasn't oh. done anything before that but he's yeah he was like he's he married one of his they were kind of work spouses they did like three projects together but her name is Haida um and so they're very famous married stars at a couple and then the actress in this is Choi Jin Shil and do we know her no her last project was in 2008 so we might not know her as much but let's let's go ahead and jump into this because <laughs> when I tell you um the reason this drama is iconic was because it is if I'm not mistaken, one of the highest rated Korean dramas ever. Let me mm-hmm. check this. The its highest rated episode is fifty six point one percent. That is a wild number. Most dramas nowadays that have really good ratings are like at twenty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so jealousy was is at fifty six one percent. It's number fourteen out of fifty of the highest rated Korean dramas of all time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. So yes. So let's get into what jealousy is about. So aired on NBC from June to July of nineteen ninety two, um, Chu depicted the pure love infused with a subtle sense of jealousy of a young couple. I am reading this uh this synopsis from Korea.net. Mm-hmm. Um the series answered the much asked question. Is it possible for a man and a woman who are just friends to fall in love? The show, based on the 1991 novel Long Shadow of My Love by Yu myung Hee. So, the story revolves around, re- revolves around two main characters. We have ha Kyung and Young-ho. Young-ho is our main male lead and ha Kyung is our main female lead. They're old college buddies and best friend. ha Kyung lives together with her single mother who works as an editor-in-chief of a magazine in a publishing house. Hakyung works for um, a travel agency. Her only joy in life is to hang out with her old buddy, Young-o. Mm, red flag. You should have more than one best friend, but we're, I digress. Although they are long-term friends, their relationship teeters on the threshold of a love and friendship. One day, Young-o comes across a beautiful, intelligent, and wealthy woman named Young-a, who runs a pizza restaurant, and he soon falls in love with her. She is an older woman. Um, when Hakyung realizes that Young-o has feelings for someone else, she feels bouts of jealousy and realizes young ho is more than just a friend to her she tries to suppress her sense of jealousy and decides to give up her feelings for him she tells young gay please take care of him now that isn't some main <laughs> lead female bullshit <laughs> that i have seen in several dramas take care of him anyway so how young homegirl is like She's also had a long-time secret crush on her middle school tutor named Sung-hoon. Is that a little questionable? Yes. Does he start liking her back after she becomes older? I don't know. I didn't watch the drama, but that's what they're kind of hinting at. 
she reunites with Sangun. And you know when we have our blinders on, especially when we were little girls, we thought older men were the shit. All men are the same. But you know, when you got those middle girls, those like puberty for hormones going, right. she really thought this was the shit, right? But she soon finds out that he's a calculating perfectionist, which upsets and annoys her. Hagyun then realizes that her true love, Youngo, had been right in front of her all along. He too feels that his friend and true love has always been Hakyung. The narrative comes to an end when Youngo and Hakyung confess their love to one another and hug passionately. Now, I don't know if you had a chance to check out this little video. Girl, when I said this is how the drama ends, <laughs> 16 episodes for that, they literally have this like, oh my god. It's not like an oh my god. It's like they're walking on like a beach or at the park or some shit. And they're still like kind of like Harka Marka, should I or should I not? Uh-huh. And then they finally confess and they hug. And then th- this is what makes this drama iconic and what we're pitching it. The camera does a fucking 360 around them. <laughs> and okay. I was just like, oh my God. I see you watching it. Yes. <laughs> I said, that's where that came from. That's where it's from. <laughs> this literally. This is why this drama is one of the more iconic ones in terms of filming, because that 360 multiple shot angle shit is in every rom com ever. After You're this drama, me I gotta wait until the end of a 16 episode for them to get girl, together. Girl, girl, and I watched um, clips no. from like the first episodes. <sighs> you want to talk about lackluster? And so I'm gonna continue to read this review because it points out why this drama got really big, right? So mm-hmm. the storyline. Because I didn't understand, especially when I was watching those clips, because I was just like, where's the fire? <laughs> where's the passion? <laughs> so the article continues to say the storyline that addressed love and urban lifestyles among young people of the 1990s, often dubbed X Generation, brought the viewership show to 56.1%. Um, it swept through home theaters, creating a frenzy among female viewers because young um, Choi Soo Jung does kind of look a little fine. Um, and they identified with the female lead, right? Over a narrative of, about transitioning from just being friends to lovers. And so um, it caught the eye of, you know, Chinese audiences. It got really, really big. And the drama also contemplate, uh, catapulted the main leads um, into stardom overnight. Choi Jin Shil with her beauty and faultless acting. Um, the actress was named the sweetheart of the nation. And Choi Sujung, who started as the lead male, became the byword for urban youth. The theme song, which starts with Who on Earth Are You Looking At As I Stand Before You, Don't Make Me Wait So Long, became everybody's favorite song. They talk about the highlight of the final scene of both characters finally confessing their feelings to one another. Young Ho musters up all his courage and cries out to Ha Young, please. Don't leave me. I don't want to feel jealous anymore. <laughs> he then walks up to her and embraces her tightly. And this made it extremely impressive with the 360 scene, right? Uh-huh. And so then they talk about, some culture critics talk about how, why this probably became so trendy for its time. Uh-huh. Jealousy was not merely a popular drama, but a drama that represented a phase in Korean society during the 1990s. Um, 
Hadegun is the culture critic. He continued to say that the drama ushered in the so-called era of a trendy drama. The concept of trendy dramas can be seen in movies or TV series that take advantage of popular stars so as to delve deeper into urban lifestyles, the state of art fashion, and ways of thinking among the young generation. So the drama blew a breath of fresh air into the existing drama industry, which sent the traditional realism of dramas out and ushered in trendy dramas. Um, this is from a professor called Kim Young Chan at Hankook University of Foreign Studies. Unlike melodramas, which commonly feature birth secrets, ambitions for success, secret um, table families, and jilted lovers' revenge, jealousies were credited. Jealousy was credited for the way in which it depicted untarnished love in the modern lifestyles of young people. Okay. The scene of them where the couple are enjoying an incident cup ramen and, and kimbap are um, a dish made uh, kimbap at a convenience store uncommon for the time representing young people in their 20s living in the cities a convenience store where one could enjoy ramen at late night presented a whole new world for the audience such modern life portrayed by the male lead who takes a bite of the sandwich he's bought at the nearby convenience store while working and a female lead a successful woman who drives a fancy car become the most coveted way of living among many especially the young generation this article was by um son ga but I thought it was interesting because I did a little bit more research and they said that convenience stores weren't as big as they were now then. So okay. them highlighting this kind of like extreme soul living, extreme urban lifestyle. If mm-hmm. you look um, in that last link and this blog, this blog on Neighbor did a breakdown for every episode. I was not going to read all of that. But <laughs> the fashion is very like, 90s that x generation thing and even mm-hmm. nowadays it's a really big topic among like young like the mz mj mz mz generation about what constitutes friendship between men and women and mm-hmm. so i think that kind of age-old question is what really made this drama crazy um when you read the descriptions of like the characters you kind of just it's like it looks kind of like to me it feels bland and boring at the time i guess at a time where i think a lot of older actors held ground for a lot of the dramas Mm -hmm. this probably became one of the first like idol dramas and this also makes because wait when did hot debuted in what year 1996 1996 not me having that number in my head (laughs) but um this is four years before hot debuted so this was this would have been the height of soteji and like the beginning of idol idols so a lot of time if you come into hollywood via Mm k-pop you get kind of um kind of it's not starstruck but kind of caught off guard on -hmm. how differently actors are treated (laughs) from idols and it seems like a part of that has to do with the big like the people who were star-studded household names were Mm -hmm. actors first before they were before idols became a really big thing in korea and so i thought that was interesting because you still will talk about um chase jung now even though i don't think he's done he the last drama he did was still fucking ridiculous numbers it's the biggest it's the highest rated um what was it top 50 series per nationwide viewers wow my only one is nine point 
two million viewers. So, goddamn, goddamn, goddamn! I'm good. to be working for the rest of my life. <laughs> right, and there's a longevity that goes with acting that not necessarily can be same. Yeah. Except for the same with idols, singers in Korea have longevity because Korea is a very heavy nostalgic country. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not the same. So I thought it right. was very interesting. If you see a 360 shot of your faves blame jealousy because when i saw that the first time i was like girl that shall be trendsetters okay marion let's go into your first drama do, do, do. we're gonna start off with winter sonata from 2002 this drama um director is yun suk ho and hyung nim hyung min lee and the writer is Kim In Hee and Yoon In Kyung and Oh Soo Yeon. And it aired on KBS 2 and was 20 episodes long. Mm-hmm. Wiki page. Do you have you heard about this drama? Was this recognized? I've to you? heard a lot of stuff about this drama. I have mm-hmm. no idea about the plot. But you know, like in variety shows, they were like, name a drama with four characters or something like that. Kyo Yong Gwa is always there. <laughs> And I've definitely seen clips from it, so yeah. Right. Um, okay, I'm trying to look to see if there's anything we've seen any of the directors do. So, Yoon Suk Ho, the director, has done Autumn. He did Autumn My Heart, too? Okay. Um, he did Scent of Summer, Spring Waltz, Love Rain. These are all, like, I think oh, Love Rain is... Love Rain, yeah. 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 That was a big 2012 mm-hmm. drama. This is a gateway drama for a lot of people on Vicky. Right. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right. Uh for the writer, Kim and he she done... Yeah. No, this is a different one. Oh, this is a different community? I think so because the Kingdom is not on this person's Oh drama no. Series. Oh, she didn't she live did... up to your name. <laughs> oh my god, I've watched Prime Minister and I you know was in that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, also a gateway. That's a that's a that's a drama fever gateway. Drama. My fair lady. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. 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 And it aired from January fourteenth to March nineteenth, two thousand two. Runtime was an uh-huh. average of seventy minutes. Okay. Um, Winter Sonata is actually the second of a four-part series called The Endless Love. The rest are known as Autumn in My Heart, Summer Scent, and Spring Waltz. And when I looked it up, it doesn't say, like, these are not seasons of shows. They just have, I guess, like a similar theme going on around them about love and... Girl, not Daniel Henley being in Spring Waltz. (laughs) (laughs) Not my man's. Okay. (laughs) Let us read this. Oh, synopsis. God, the hair. Don't go look at the picture. You're not going to look at the picture. <laughs> I think I know because I looked at everything he's been in. So this um, this might be a little long, so I might skip around because all okay. the recaps are pretty long for me. But this is from the website, catermylove.com. Um, Winter Sonata in 2002. I will say this person is kind of biased because I think they enjoyed. So you'll mm, okay. be able to <laughs> hear that when I read their blog. Uh, Winter Sonata from 2002 is a blockbuster Korean drama credited with starting the Hallyu wave, the accession, ascension of pop Mm -hmm. 
pop Korean culture into other Asian nations around the world. So popular in Japan, for instance, that they aired it a second time in one year by popular demand and even made an anime version. Mm. Um, I will say, sadly, one of the main characters did commit suicide in 2010. Oh, no. um, Rest in peace. Uh, and... Uh, they said that the cinematography was so gorgeous that the places where it was filmed saw a tripling of tourist visits after Winter Sonata first aired. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Tripling is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Triple. Places (laughs) places like Nami Island, Goji Island, Chuncheon, and Seoul. And the statues of the Okay. Yes. Now that you've mentioned that, because I've definitely seen, like, traveling variety shows Mm -hmm. go to places where Winter Sonata was filmed. Yes. And statues of the characters were placed in the spot where they shared their first kiss in the drama. Mm. Could you imagine that happening today? <laughs> in any, well, not just not just K dramas, like big Netflix like um, TV shows. I'm sure. I know in Korea that if something's been filmed, they'll be like as seen and right, right. In America, I don't know if they do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I didn't read who the cast was. Actually, sorry about that. The cast of Winter Sonata involves the cast of Winter Sonata, uh, Bae Yung Jun. Mm-hmm. Bae Yung Jun. They have the same name. <laughs> both actors? Yes. Why does it have the both? <laughs> or is it? Oh, no. He plays the twin. Okay. He just had. He play, oh, no. It makes sense. The storyline. Okay. I remember now. Oh. Bae Yung Jun, Choi Ju Woo. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Choi Ju definitely is recognizable today. She, uh, she still has done a couple of K dramas. Um, Her Bae last Yung- one that was really popular was let's see, Crash Landing on You. She showed up as herself. Yeah, woman with woman with a suitcase. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. She was there. Yeah. Uh, Bae Yoon Jin hasn't been in a drama since 2011. So does he have to be in another one? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and then we also have Pak Yong Ha, Pak Sol Mi, and Lee He Lee Hee In. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the most recognizable is probably Bae Yong Jun and Choi Ji Woo. Mm-hmm. And Pak Yong Wa, yeah, he hasn't been in a drama since 2010. Okay. okay. So story wise, student Jun Sung Kang is the son of a popular classical pianist Mi 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 Hee Kang who moves mm-hmm. him from Seoul to the rural, rural Chuncheon city and enrolls him in the local high school. As an extremely talented student in math and science, Jun Sung is welcomed in, with awe by his fellow students as well as his teachers, but he remains aloof and seemingly cold to his classmates. He secretly finds out about his biological father, whom his mother claims is dead, but whom he suspects is a math teacher at the high school named Jin Woo Kim, who has a son at the school named Sang, Sang Hyuk Kim. Sang Hyung seems to be the exact opposite of Jun Sung, outgoing, friendly, but not too swift a student. Sang Hyung is Sang Hyung is very close with a fellow female student named Yunjin Yunjin Jung, whom he has been quietly in love with since childhood. Their parents mm-hmm. have been close in high school as well, a fact that would later come to haunt all the young people in the story. Jun Sung is a je- is is jealous of Sang Hyung, who has received all the fatherly love that he had be- he had lacked growing up. So he deliberately becomes attached to the girl Sang Hyung likes. Yujin, in order to okay, wait, wait, yes. wait, you can't go over that. He's <laughs> jealous. Male lead is jealous of the second male lead because he has a daddy. Yep. 
God. Okay. Damnation <laughs> to the tenth power, really. Ah, that is um, that is you need therapy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yujin, not knowing Jun Sang's real intentions at first, begins to fall in love with him almost immediately, though she doesn't acknowledge it to herself or others for quite some time. Sang Hyun can't help but notice the growing attraction between Yujin and Jun Sang, especially when they play hooky from school one autumn day, and it makes him uneasy. Eventually, he confronts Jun Sang, who admits that he targeted Yujin for alter- ulterior motives. Yujin overhears <laughs> the conversation and is extremely hurt. Jun Sang okay. feels guilty <laughs> about hurting Yujin, and on a camping trip with Yujin, Sang Hyun, and friends, blah, 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 they basically reunite. He, like, um, uh, he apologized to her and tells her his feelings are real now and she forgives him. Girl. Okay, pause. <laughs> uh, right. But Yujin and Sangkyuk weren't dating. They were just friends, right? Yujin and... Sangkyuk, uh, the second male lead. Hold on. No. They were just... Okay. But uh, Sangkyuk did like her, but he just never said okay. anything. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. They... Okay. <laughs> forgives him and now they were... Um, now they're together, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junsung and Yujin grow even closer, especially during Christmas holiday break, and they are supposed to meet on New Year's Eve in the picturesque old town section of Chuncheon. But Junsung's mother suddenly tells him they are leaving for America so he can study there. Her real reason is to, is to keep him from finding out about his uh, biological father. Junsung, extremely upset, goes with his mother in a taxi, but suddenly jumps out of the vehicle and runs back to Yujin. Runs back to where Yujin is waiting for him, feeling he should at least say goodbye to the girl he has fallen in love with. But he becomes yeah. a victim of a car accident and is oh god! I all oh, this did have an amnesia tag. Okay, right. <laughs> oh, we started off, start off real, real bad. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eugen waits for him as the snow gently falls from the sky, not knowing what happened to him until the next day when she walks into her classroom and sees all the students crying. Uh, classmate Cheren who had convinced herself that Jun-san liked him, but he never even looked at her, tells Yujin that his mother called the school and informed that her son died in the pre- the previous night. Um, meanwhile, Jun-sung's lying mother has her, s- has her slowly <laughs> recovering son brainwashed by a psychologist so that he will not remember his past identity or the fact that he was an illegitimate <laughs> child, which Jun-sung had held against his mother for years. Lord. <laughs> okay. And so instead of properly fixing that with a psychiatrist or a therapist, you brainwash him. Okay. Right. <laughs> By brainwashing him and changing his name to Min Hyung Lee, she hopes to develop a more loving relationship with him, starting afresh when she takes him from Korea to America and then France to live. I'm going to keep his name Jun Sung because switching to Min Hyung would be too much. Yes, yes, yes. yes uh, okay. Jun Sung completely forgets his past life and becomes after becomes another personality entirely who is not depressed, angry, or introverted, but ha- introverted but happy and successful. The pampered son of a living professional mother whose husband, quote, who's, she told him that there, his dad had died. So 10 years pass. Uh, he's an architect now. He returns to Korea to establish his own firm with a good friend and colleague. Um... Yujin, his old girlfriend from high school, is now a professional interior designer about to marry Sanhyuk, the guy who had always liked her from high school. Um, Yujin notices uh, Junsung um, on the street and approaches him and is amazed to see that he looks, because she thinks Junsung is dead and is kind of like, why does he look so much like him? But now he sports red hair and glasses and... Uh, what was it? Although he now sports red hair and glasses, she is convinced that it is Jusung, and she tries following him in the crowd of people that that 
snowy evening, but loses him. It makes her late to her own engagement party, which angers Sang Hyuk's parents, her mother, and upsets Sang Hyuk greatly, but he forgives her after she faints from stress and emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day at a meeting, Yujin, Sang Hyuk, and their friends uh, meet up with Cherin, and Cherin walks in with Jun Hyung, um, not knowing that it's Jun Hyung. She's just like, oh, well, he looks a lot like, um, um, he looks like the guy that died in high school. And everybody kind of just stares there and stares at him in shock because he looks so much like Jun Song if, because they think he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Cherin basically has always wanted Jun Song as a boyfriend when they were all in high school. This is the closest she's ever gotten to achieving that goal, and she's pleased. Um, she's pleased with herself. When she had met him in France and started up a relationship with him, she ne- she never informed Jun Song that he was a spitting ev- image of her first love. Um, and so he doesn't realize that this is a little revenge game he's she's playing against Eugen. The plot intensifies when Eugen is contracted out to work as a designer f- um, for Junsung's architectural firm. He is in charge of re- renovating a ski resort, and on a business trip together, Eugen often becomes flushed and emotional working around working with him, which makes Minhyung very curious about his beautiful prof- about this beautiful professional lady who seems so uncomfortable around him. At one point, she gets up the courage to ask him what high school he went to. Did he always wear glasses? How long did he live in France, etc.? But he's simply confused by the probing questions and doesn't respond in the way Eugen longs for him to do. Then Cherin shows up at the resort by surprise and distract, distracts Jun Sung away from Eugen. That's um, weird. Right. That's weird. Why? Okay, so you find her intriguing because she's uncomfortable. She finally opens up and asks you questions, and you're like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna wow. answer." The fuck? <laughs> On the defensive, uh, Cherin lies to uh, Jun Song and tells him she's concerned that Eugen always desires anything that she possesses, so she is terrified that Eugen will steal him away from her. This behavior makes Minhyun even more incredulous about the whole situation, and he begins to wrongly suspect Eugen of duplicity when it is in fact Cherin who is a liar. Her lies come back to haunt her, however, when Min Hyung, when Jun Sang discovers that Yujin is entirely innocent of any wrongdoing and that the person she loved in high school who looks amazingly like himself died. Jun Sang ends the relationship with Cheren, apologizes to Yujin, takes her hand, and asks her to start over with him as a friend and colleague. And Yujin forgives him and agrees. Okay, we're going to skip a little ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Jun Sang finds out what his mom did. And okay, he slowly yeah. begins to um, <laughs> regain his, uh, get his memory back. Although Min Hyung, he ends up forgiving his mom, he is still reeling from shock and goes on an emotional inner journey to discover his former self as Jun Sung. He still has no memories of his former life. Min- meanwhile, San Hyuk has been starving himself. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. It's not funny. Has been starving himself to death after losing Yujin. Because remember, they what? were. Like- <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and his but mother- starving is a. Okay. <laughs> and his, his mother had begged her to go back to him and save his life always a person obedient to her elders and not wanting to be responsible for son Yuk's death Eugene agrees grieving min Hug desperately when he finally tells her that he is really um jun Sang, she thinks he is lying to get her back um min Hug becomes more dis- uh, jun Sang becomes um depressed like he used to be and decides to leave korea and fly back to the united states to live and work before he does however he drops off a music cd to Eugene's workplace um, of a song that they both loved as a young couple called First Love, including a note which said goodbye, but let's slip an important detail about the music that confirmed Eugene that Jun Sung was Jun Sung. She races to the airport, airport to find him before he leaves. They are reunited. 
Um, there's a lot more surprises for them, such as physical challenges for Junsung after an accident, the rest- restoration of Junsung's memories, amazing revelations about the parents of Yujin, Junsung, and Sunhyuk, a failed marriage attempt, and personal sacrifices by Junsung, Yujin, as well as Sunhyuk, who ultimately comes to terms with the love between Yujin and Junsung. And in the end, she said, "It's the blocker says, if you have ever seen the ending of Winter Sonata, you have." If you have never seen the ending of Winter Sonata, you have missed out on the most exquisite ending ever filmed in Korean drama history. The scene filmed off South Korea's mainland are breathtaking and beautiful, such as historical houses and such. Um, uh, and there's apparently, apparently the grounds for like the house are now a museum and the house are now a museum. So, Yeah. I guess that's the ending. Not much. <laughs> it just ends with them getting together. <laughs> um, there is possibly like a incestual thing that what? happens in the drama <laughs> because I think there might be a possibility of two characters being brothers si- sisters. Who? <laughs> um, it says brother sister incest on one of the other links. It says this is why Mihi Jun Sung's mom is against him and Eugene hooking up, and I'm like okay but are they brother and sister or not like i couldn't find any information about that part i was like so are they brother or sister does she find out wait a second no i have to have an answer for this okay and they fall in love no surprise there he suspects that his biological father is sanghyuk's father a fellow student, and Yujin's best friend, who's also secretly in love with Yujin. But then he finds out that her mother is actually just friends with Sanghyuk's father, and that she's actually in love with Yujin's father, believing Yujin to be his sister. Oh, okay, so there's just a possibility, but it wasn't... Yes, he went away to the city, but remember the last minute that Yujin's waiting for him. He decided to go back to give a last goodbye, but an accident claimed him, and everybody believed that he was dead. So that's the turmoil that caused okay. the accident. Because <laughs> I was just like, we have... And it's so funny because the person who wrote this says, what's with this Korean fascination of Fusito incest plot, by the way? I don't know. Right. Somebody explain <laughs> that. Because that has come up too many times in too many dramas. Like, the almost siblings thing is just, like, wild. I'm like, we don't we don't gotta do that to add a little little something to a story. Right. That's not nasty. That's not I'm not I don't like that. It's okay. Alright. So my next one, y'all gonna have to bear with me because I'm literally about to just copy and paste this into Google Translate. And we are going to rely on my <laughs> skills to interpret as much of this translation as possible. The next drama we are doing is called First Love. First Love is, if I'm not mistaken, it's the highest rated Korean. One of the highest rated Korean uh, dramas. It was real. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. First Love is the second one. It's 65.8% was its highest episode. Jesus. Uh, on the cross. Because <laughs> that's a, a lot. Okay. First love. Uh, okay. So, ladies and gents, Chot Sarang, first love 
is A. 1996 to 1997, 66 episode, uh, 65 minutes an episode, Saturday, Sunday, weekend drama on KBS2. The series uh, is written by Joe So Hee and directed by Lee Eun Ji, starring Bae Young Jun, Choi Sujong, and Lee Sung Yun. This is. Uh, this was one of the first shows that was aired on China Central Television and is considered being the beginning of the wave. I'm going to read you the generic plot and then we're going to get into the detailed plot, okay? Okay. First, so, brothers. <laughs> Sung Tangwoo, Tangwoo is the young, and then Chang Hyuk is the younger brother. And their sister, Tan Ok. Uh, live in poor countryside outside with their father, um, trying to get by as a farming family. The stern and hardworking Chan Wu and his brother, his older brother, Chan Hyuk. Oh, okay, so the older brother is Chan Hyuk and the younger is Chan Wu. Okay. Um, Chan Hyuk is an so hardworking and the stern one is Chan Wu, he's the youngest. The older brother, Chan Hyuk, is an aspiring artist. They are both in love with Hyo Kyung. She, um, she is in turn in love with Chang Hyuk, the older brother, right? Mm-hmm. After learning the two are dating, the younger brother finds it hard to be around her, though she tries to continue to be friendly with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her gangster daddy is against her dating a poor fucking artist. A mystery accident occurs and the oldest brother becomes paralyzed. The youngest brother is now a law student, gives up his career to join the underground world of the mafia to seek revenge against the woman he loves family for his brother's paralyzation. As the series progresses, Chanwu, the one who's the lawyer, the um mm-hmm. the younger brother is still in love with Hyo Hyung, who was literally almost a sister-in-law, and is turned is torn between love for her and the loyalty for his brother and the desire for revenge. Um, as the paralyzed older brother grows distance to Hyokyung, she becomes drawn into his younger brother. Um, and then they also have a childhood friend who has a crush on Chanwu. So, okay. once again, <laughs> this is a Google Translate synopsis. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it through, okay? This is off of Nam and Wiki, by the way. So, the summer of 1975. Chanwu transfers to an elementary school. It says elementary school. It just says Kukmin Hakyu, so I just think it's like a state school. I don't think it's elementary. It's probably more high school. In Chutan, where, where Hyogun is at. One day, Chanwu is... Um, he stops by the hospital to visit uh, somebody, and then he finds this sketchbook, like a, ske- a picture of a sketch, and he falls to fuck in love with the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Then he and his brother are, I guess, Chanhyuk also sees the sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Chanhyuk is the older brother, the one who's the artist. And um, his his artist name is Namu, which means tree. Um, and so, they find the sketchbook, a girl who um, he basically recognizes. Somebody recognizes that it, Chanhyuk has a talent for drawing. Um, and so the girl that he meets is uh Hyogyung, and therefore they fall in love through art. So Hyogyung and Chan Hyuk fall in love through art. Chan Wu found her sketchbook and 
fell in love with the sketches and then four fell in love with the girl right so that was the summer of 1975 now we're in 1980 hyungun and chamu are freshmen in high school so i guess this was an elementary school because now we're five years ahead or middle mm-hmm. school at the least and so chanyang is a senior in high school when i think about their careers unlike hyoyeon who's the daughter of a wealthy family chanyang hesitates to go to art school because of his family situation however when this character who's like a projectionist at a theater um where his father works tries to rape chanok so their little sister somebody a projectionist at a theater tries to rape their little sister so um of course the older brother chanok gets the fuck upset and goes to beat this dude up mm-hmm. the theater that this person is working at is owned by hyokyun's gangster ass daddy and her gangster ass uncle right Mm -hmm. and so they're like oh this little piece of trash is in our territory now we got to kill him because you know gangster mafia rules whatever (laughs) so because this is a small ass town outside of seoul he's like well i need to live so i'm gonna run off to seoul without graduating high school so um hyogyeon falls follows her father to seoul and three years pass with no contact between her and chanhyeon in the meantime, Chanwu, the younger brother, um, you know, he stops being, you know, a, a troublesome teen. He studies hard and gets into law school. Hyo Kyung wanders around for three years without being able to catch, you know, you know, falling in love. And she ends up dropping out of college. After learning why Hyo Kyung is having a hard time with her unlucky life, her uh, Sokjin, I don't know who Sokjin is, but it seems like a friend of hers, mm-hmm. seeks out Chanwu and connects them together again. Now Chanwu is the younger brother, remember? That's not the older one. Chanuk mm-hmm. is the older one. So Hyung who was slowly regaining her, you know, she's you know she's getting a little bit more happier. She's no longer depressed. She concentrates on her entrance exams, and she, you know she's getting into college. While Chanuk is preparing for his GED and tries to enter art school, right? In the meantime, they take a trip down to back to Chuncheon, and shit goes wrong. And their relationship is discovered and they get chased again. So I'm guessing Chan Hyuk and Hyogyun meet again. I guess it wasn't Chan Woo, I think it was a, the translation, but mm-hmm. I, or they met back through the younger brother, whatever. But they had a relationship okay. back together and now they're back in Chunchun. And of course, in this small last little town, <laughs> people are like, hey, are y'all dating again? And so what happens? Her fuck ass daddy. <laughs> it's like, I still can't have you marrying no rich, no poor nigga. And so as a result, <laughs> Chanwu gets captured by the fuck ass uncle and his gang. Uh, and basically, they threaten Chan Hyuk with Chanwu's life. And Chan Hyuk promises the daddy that he will never meet Hyogen again. And he decides to voluntarily get into the army. Um, and so he goes into the army and he doesn't get his GED. Um, so the fuck, it seems like the fuck ass uncle is the one who was out here doing the most shit because. <laughs> Even as he left, there's he's still bothering Chan Hyuk's family, and they get into more fights and shit. Um, Chan Woo forms a deep relationship with Sokjin, who seems like a male friend of um, Hyogyung, um, who helps them escape the clutches of the gangsters. And after twist and turn, he is freed. Um, uh, it says something about his body. I don't know when he, somebody gets somebody gets injured. I don't think Chan Woo is injured yet because he still has to go to the army. Mm-hmm. those who are subject to military services because they are high school dropouts so um and so 
Kyogun passes her exams with the hope that she will confidently get into university and meet Chanhyuk with dignity, but she sheds tears when she learns that Chanhyuk has already enlisted in the military and will not be able to meet him. So daddy's plan is fucking working, right? Chanhyuk does not take vacation while serving in order to forget Hyogun and and endures hardship while Hyokyung still misses him and writes letters to comfort him and wish for the day that he will be discharged. I don't know how long military enlistment was in the 80s, but I'm assuming it was at least two years. <laughs> so Chan Hyuk was furious when he found out about his parents' um, situation to send him away to study abroad in time for his discharge, but he remained in Seoul. Um, even pretending to leave for Paris. So you now his family's in on this shit too because I guess they don't want him to get hurt no more. And honestly, I'm with them because is love really worth you getting chased around by some fucking gangsters? (laughs) (laughs) So upon learning that Hyokyung did not go to study abroad, um, her daddy collapses from shock and is in the hospital. Now what you surprised about that for? Um, However, on the way back from sending Hyokyung Oh, so basically Chan and Hyuk and Hyukun are back together again. And once again, they get discovered and chased by her fuck ass uncle and this game. <laughs> so Hyukun so Hyukyung um lies to her father that Chan Hyuk is dead and there's a misunderstanding and she sheds tears and she goes to Paris with Sukjin. So after a while, Chan Hyuk, who regained consciousness, I guess he got hurt again dramatically tries to rehabilitate but becomes crippled due to the effects of a car accident so it seems like they might have been chasing them on the road and they got in an accident that way mm-hmm. so Hyuk is now paralyzed Hyogang is in paris and at this point i think chanwu is still in law school so okay. Wu gives up the bar exam to save his brother well then <laughs> and grows into the distribution industry after being selected by the president of Taemyung Group um, due to his relationship with working at a casino. So now he's into the underworld. Five years passed. Mind you, we we started this in 1975. We're like in 1985. No, no, we're not. Let's see. 80 plus three. We're in 1988. Shit. This shit's going <laughs> Five years passed. Sokjin and Hyunkun become lovers. What? I didn't get this far. Lovers. I returned to Korea on the promise to marry. Girl. Okay, whatever. Sokjin was the one who sincerely supported Hyunkun. Um so the two of them and however when he personally confirms that Chang is alive he's shocked of course that's the man she couldn't have of course you shocked i'd be shocked too <laughs> after going wandering around for several days um somebody informs hyokyun that chanhyuk is alive but he has a crippled body chanwu waits for the day to take revenge on hyokyun's daddy who runs the hotel um as the real power of daemon group so it seems like Daddy's got connections to Damon Group, and so does Chanwu, right? Mm-hmm. Hyokyun meets Chanwu um, and talks about Chanuk's death. She realizes that she misunderstood and goes to the countryside to meet this man because, of course, after five years, y'all are still in love somehow. However, as she watches from afar, she um, and sees that he still has a very crippled body and he's walking on crutches. She shed tears and doesn't approach him um, due to Chan. Oh, Chanwu, of course, is in the shadows plotting down Hyogyeon's daddy's downfall and so now he's on the brink of bankruptcy and dies from shock <laughs> Wait, who dies from shock uh Hyogyeon's daddy the gangster okay. Okay. <laughs> um 
Okay, with the persuasion from her older brother, ew, this is manipulative, who wanted Ho Kyung to be remembered as a beautiful person, she decides to provide emergency funds to her daddy's business, but it's too late. Tanya calls Ho Young and catches Sokjin, who's Sokjin, who's leaving, advising her that she should live by relying on herself and promises to meet her again someday in the future. The turbulent first love left irreversible deep scars in both family. Chanwoo decides to quit his company and challenge the bar exam, which he fails to complete. He comes down to the countryside and walks side by side with his brother, exchanging stories. And that is the end of First Love. Now that bitch. <laughs> Wait, I've... can you exp- uh, say the ending again? So basically, Chanwoo uh, achieves his revenge. He mm-hmm. takes out. Hyokyung's daddy. Um, okay. Hyokyung and Sokjin break up. And it seems like nobody gets together. Like the nobody, None of the couples get together. And it just okay. ends with Chanwoo quitting his company, going back to take the bar exam, and chilling with his brother in the countryside. Because okay. bros before hoes. Because <laughs> honestly, I would have gave up on that woman a long time ago. Yo fuck <laughs> ass <laughs> family is too persistent. <laughs> Girl. How you gonna... How you gonna even after three years? How you gonna you gonna cause this man to get paralyzed right. and still come after him after that? Like, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> okay, what is your second drama? Okay, my second drama is something that I definitely recognize but did not watch. It is. Mm. I'm sorry, I love you. A 2004 drama, um, with Soji Sub and Nim Soo Jung as the leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, aired in 2004. Um, directors Kim Jong Sik and Lee Hyung Min. Writers Lee Kyung Lee He. And it aired on KBS 2 uh, from November 9th to December 28th of 2004. And it was 16 episodes. Yeah, this is one of those where I've seen so many clips and I know so many I know oh, yeah. the the iconic lines from this drama. Not in Pamogale, not in I know all of that. <laughs> For me, I don't really remember clips or anything from this one, but I mm-hmm. always remember when I first got into dramas and I'm looking for things to watch, always always seeing the picture. Little, this like, is on, I'm sorry I love you. This has been in every variety show ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm interested to see listen because I've read the synopsis for this before, but I like I don't remember it. <laughs> it's absolutely insane, and all of these actors are pretty big now. Not only just uh-huh. Soji Sub in it, but so is Jung Kyung Ho. Um, oh yeah! Oh right, right. <laughs> Not daddy, daddy. What's that? Right. Okay, let's well, let's sit back and listen. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm. This is from KDramaLove.com as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that I'm Sorry I Love You 2004 is a 16-episode monumental and historic highly television series made by Koreans but popular all throughout the Asian world and the K-drama that launched countless views around the world, even in the West, into the into the magnificent magnificence of Korean dramas for the first time, including her, the blogger. Mm-hmm. So, the story. We are introduced to Mu Hyukcha, a street hustler, petty gangster, growing up homeless in Australia after his adoptive uh, parents evicted him as a young man who was shot in the head at the wedding of a woman he loved, Ji Young Moon. She is marrying a rich gangster for his his money, yet Mu Hyuk, st- still deeply in love with her, risks his own life to save hers when an assassin shows up to kill the wedding couple. There's a lot going on right okay, there. Okay, wait, wait. You have to read. <laughs> you have you got to shot somebody in the head and my brain said pause. <laughs> okay. 
So Soji Sub's character is a street hustler, right? In Australia. His adopted mm-hmm. parents evicted him. Okay. Um, so his his adopted parents were shot in the head? No. He was shot in the head. <laughs> he oh. got evicted. <laughs> he got evicted <laughs> and is living on the streets, homeless, goes to the wedding of his last girlfriend that he's still in love with. She's marrying some rich white man. And somehow in the process gets shot in the head. I don't know why he gets shot in the head. Oh, because there's an assassin out to kill. It says there's an assassin out to kill the couple getting married. And he gets, oh, oh he jumps okay. in front. Okay, yeah. He throws himself into harm's way to save her. And that's how he gets shot in the head. Oh, um, but they can't remove the bullet. So, right. of course, there's, okay. Mm-hmm. And so they only give him a few months to live. Uh, G- that <laughs> is an insane character <laughs> introduction. <laughs> That is wild. <laughs> um, Jiyoung gives him a lot of money and tells him to return to his homeland of Korea to die. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> That's, so funny. That's so absurd. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Okay. Okay, girl. Um, he goes and makes search for his birth mother named Dul Dulhio, whom mm-hmm. he believes believes gave him up for adoption because of financial hardship when he finds her he is shocked to discover that she is rich lives in a mansion and has another grown son named Choi Yoon who lives with her in luxury and so Mu Hyuk purposely doesn't reveal his identity to her but instead plans to take his revenge on her and his pampered younger brother along the mm. way he discovers he has a mentally challenged twin sister named So Hyung So Kyung Yoon and and an adorable nephew named Galchi, who was born to his sister after she was raped, and he falls in love with a gentle, humble girl named In Che Sung. That's just with- so much. <laughs> <laughs> that- <laughs> That's a lot for a story. We first got we got he homeless in Australia. He got his adopted parents kicked him out. He homeless in Australia. He got shot in the head. He found his mama alive, but she rich. And he got a sister and a nephew. And now he's falling in love with this humble girl named Inche Sung, who works as a personal assistant for his famous singer brother. Oh, um, Jungkook was a singer in this. That's okay. Yeah. But he comes from a poor. But the girl comes from a poor, dysfunctional family who neglect to give her the love she requires, including her emotionally distant parents, silly older sister, and her hilariously funny younger sister. Um, Inche is at first attracted to Yoon and thinks. Um, Thinks she loves him, but then begins oh, but then begins a growing interest and attachment to Muhyuk, who has started mm-hmm. to work as Yoon's chauffeur. He just seems so lonely that her heart goes out to him. Meanwhile, Muhyuk is intentionally trying to target Yoon's love. Yoon's love, Miju Kang, that in a sexual ploy to further hurt his brother. Oh, this child is just broken. Right. <laughs> Sooner or later, uh, the audience suspects Mewhook's plan for revenge against others will all be for naught by the end, yet we still agree for him. That has to do with Soji's uh, phenomenal performance. Every single... Okay, this is just talking about the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, Mewhook begins a mellowing process as he falls deeper and deeper in love with Inche. Will he continue to cling to bitterness and revenge until the end of his life, or will he find the grace to forgive those he believed wronged him? Many surprises are in for the viewer during the series right up to the last scenes. There's some wonderful humor to relieve the dramatic tension, great chemistry. Okay, and then let's go to the ending. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
God, no, no. I gotta find the ending. Why did she why didn't the blogger write about the ending? <laughs> oh so terrible. I have another link and I will skip okay. to the end. Because this ending had me, I was like, yeah, I'd be throwing my t- uh, phone at the TV. <laughs> or this one. So, <laughs> so it's not funny, it's just ridiculous. Um yeah. so Mihawk dies. He kills himself. So Oh wait, so no, he, stop, stop. <laughs> Because didn't you already said he had only a few months to live because right. of the bullet in his brain? And right. so, okay, he was real depressed. Okay, right. That's just, um, okay. He All chooses right. to kill himself in a motorcycle accident. There's no last minute miracle that saves him. And what? the scene is quite tragic. <laughs> yep. Um, God, it's just terrible. And then Inche returns to Australia to visit his gravesite and she kills herself. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> this is insane. Mewhook's birth mom never knew that she had a son. As a budding starlet, she had an affair with a married movie director who got her pregnant, expecting to wake up to hold her child. She was instead told that he had died. She also wasn't told that she had given birth to twins. Her parents had worried that her career and future would be ruined by the scandal, so they instructed a sh- her chauffeur to take the babies to an orphanage. The chauffeur was Inche's father. Oh my of course god! I have to be connected somehow. <laughs> right before Mewhook died, Yoon told him told him that he had been adopted. Yoon oh survives. My oh my god! It gets even worse. Yoon survives after receiving Mewhook's heart. He doesn't what? tell him that the heart beating inside of him belongs to the son she believed to be dead. This is <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. <laughs> it's just like. You sixteen episodes for what? I can't. I cannot stand. Here's the thing. I y'all know. I watch crazy like plot lines, dramatic yes. plot lines. What I do not watch is crazy dramatic sad plot lines. I don't watch those. That's not fun. You know what? Me. To point out, this is also the writer of Uncontrollably Fond and oh. Chocolate. Okay. So this woman, this is her cup of tea. Right. This is this is this woman's cup. Of tea. Oh, she wrote wonderful days too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm done. I will never watch anything this woman writes because that was so unhinged. I just, I, for me to watch 16 episodes and for it to end with death from the main characters, we're not. No, I, this, no, no, it's not fun. And you know what's crazy? I'm usually super okay with. Mm-hmm. characters dying in the end if you tell me from the beginning that this person doesn't have a long time to live for that man to decide to commit suicide via motorcycle accident via like, mm-hmm. mo- mo- a motorcycle and then no. the lead actress also kills herself i said okay um so everybody's <laughs> crying watching this okay that's just that is tragedy right <laughs> that's like that's like super that's like beyond super sad (laughs) could you imagine staying up i don't know every every i don't know week to watch that no (laughs) no i couldn't either i couldn't either and then like this wild 16 hours of you just watching soji sub's character suffer that's not fun for me. I'm sorry. And you know that man puts his his whole cunt in acting. <laughs> you know that man knows how to act. Right. That's just, that's, oh that's insanity. Insanity. Okay. Well, 
let's move on to my last one from the early 90s well the 90s to the 2000s mm-hmm. we are going to talk about all about eve have you ever heard of this i've never heard of any of the ones you were doing actually that's the point i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm digging for y'all i hope y'all <laughs> like, understand you really this. are like <laughs> because i know some of us be curious but like god forbid <laughs> God forbid that we actually. <laughs> All About Eve was, I think, a really popular one, too. I can't remember if this was on the ratings list, but I know it was super duper popular. Yes, it was. 48.3% was its highest uh, drama rating. This is a NBC drama that aired from April 26th to July 6th of the year 2000. The Millennia, darling. An hour and five minutes an episode. It is directed by Lee Hyung Sun, Hunter Soar, or Lee Jin Suk. Um, oh, this man hasn't... Mm, the Witch's Game was his last uh, mm-hmm. direction trauma so you know he's kind of into that type of stuff um the screenwriter is park jian who has she written anything else oh no i don't recognize any of her stuff but this drama was extremely big it stars chedim kim soyeon you know kim soyeon she's currently filming gumio with lee dong wook she's also the star of penthouse um, Jang Dong-gun, who was, he, that was a gentleman's dignity. He was in Arthur. He was in Suits. <clears throat> He's a very big house name actor. And Han Jae-suk. Han Jae-suk, I do not know by name. Let's see if I know any of the projects you've been in, sir. Computer, now is not the time for you to be slow. <laughs> Han Jae-suk, I don't think I've heard of him in anything else i will be reading a review by kdramalove.com sis you were really out here allison right. doing it for the girls <laughs> we truly appreciate that shit <laughs> um but yeah okay we're going to exit out of that that's not loading okay i'm going to give you the you can just go to the the kdrama link if you would oh the kdramalove.com link if you would okay. like and we are just going to hop in because this one was <laughs> this one was a little crazy too. So, two rivals in work and love are Jin Sun-mi, who is a female lead played by Che Room, a cheerful, pretty, somewhat complacent young woman from a good family who lives with her widowed father, um, and Ho Young-mi, a beautiful, impoverished orphan with a troubled past. Che Room's character projects an earnest girl-next-door appeal with, while sultry and willowy, Kim So-hyun plays the darker character, Young-mi, and whom all of our future intrigue revolves. She is the one to watch. Um, here she creates a memorable anti-heroine who, can never enti- who you can never entirely hate. She won several awards for this role. Um, which made her completely famous, and she is still mm-hmm. out here pussyfooting <laughs> in these evil roles. Mother, is she, I love <laughs> Kim Sung Hyun is one of my favorite actresses because you give that woman anything, and she is going to buy. She's the only reason I even want to watch the new uh, Fox Tales show. I said right. Oh, I've watched a clip really of that. Like, these clips, like Lee Dong Wook, Kim Bum, hotness aside, that woman is. Right. <laughs> she's a different person when she acts 
Mm-hmm. Like, if you've ever seen her in variety shows, she's really she's so, sweet. like, really Very soft. Very giggly. Open. Yes. Like, oh, thank you. And I'm like... <laughs> and she's always saying you thank you. You act in your voice. Right. Huh? And then she, start, she steps in front of that camera. Bitch. Right. I'm like, you know what? All the awards. <laughs> Accolades. Right. Okay. Okay. So, there has to be a love triangle. Sunmi's best friend and her secret crush is Woojin, who is our second male lead, who is Han Jae-suk, who treats her like his kid's sister. She hopes that one day their relationship could be more, but it never quite reaches beyond friendship. Because once Youngmi sets her sights on Woojin, he only has eyes for her. Um, Han Jae-suk is an interesting actor. He's really good at it. Um... In real life, the lucky fellow is married to Park Sol Mi, who was a woman in Winter Sonata. Fun fact. Oh. <laughs> okay. However, it is difficult for him not to fade into the woodwork when the two actresses, of course, are on screen. Likewise, the relationship between Wu Jin and Young Mi clearly paints her as the dominant personality, able to wrap him around her little finger. Sun Mi accepts the relationship at first, but then she begins to see that her rival is taking advantage of her good friend. Still noting, um, Still, nothing will drive Wu Jin away from Young Mi until she herself kicks him to the curb. So, Sun remains a friend and confident to Wu Jin and is well on the path to permanent romantic heartbreak as she is committed to Young Mi. So, basically, this is homegirl watching her two best friends fall in love, right? Mm-hmm. And as we know, Young Mi is, you know, an orphan with a troubled past. So, this is most likely stemming from jealousy. However, fate. Um, brings another man front and center into their life. While visiting London, um, she notes, um, Sunmi meets the wealthy playboy, Hyung Char, played by Jang dong um, a handsome and debonair uh, in this role as a Korean carrier, <laughs> as a Korean carrier. Um, she likes him and he falls, she falls, and he falls off for her, although he does not really declare himself since he knows her heart belongs to another. So he meets Heartbreak Girlie in the streets of London. And, you know, of course, we would fall head over heels for him because young John Dongun is giving the girls what they want. But, you know, he's like, you know what? She, her heart is somewhere else. I'm going to take it lightly. So Sunmi starts working on a Korean television show. And surprise, Young Chol turns out to be one of the top executives. Because if he's not secretly rich, what are we doing? <laughs> ambitious best friend young me is working there too and figures that hyung chol is a better stepping stone to her career as well as a better catch than Wu in is it woo in or Woo-in? i think it's Wu in whatever his name is she rejects the devoted woo baby boy is probably heartbroken something from which he never recovers and begins practicing her wiles on the other man uh, <clears throat> fortunately he is having none of that as he is savvy and worldly enough to see right through her we love that. Right. Young Me and Sun Me continue to compete for TV airtime, with Sun Me basically playing fair while Young Me uses every trick in the book to weasel her way to the top. Now, usually I'm here for a bad bitch that does what she has to do for her bag, mm-hmm. but you know, your best friend is involved in this. I think we should be a little more cordial. So, the behind the scenes perspective is quite interesting, and you keep waiting to see Young Me will do next to attain success. I just want you to see the screenshot of Kim So Young giving this woman a death glare. <laughs> I was just like, damn. She had it from day one. She had the, day the one. eyes from day the one. The eyes, yes. <laughs> um, da 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 da. The blogger continues to um praise our two female actresses. Uh, da 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 da. You know, and that 
she's saying that like even though we hate young me it's very hard for us to hate her because she's doing what she's got to do she's doing what she thinks she has to do to get to the top right um so in contrast to young me's two-facedness we have charity who was just a sweetheart or whatever so um and then you have um jang dong-gun who is like very charming this p- picture of him on this phone mm-hmm. i get it I probably would have been. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I probably would have been part of the Dong Dong Good camp. That man's eyes are very pretty, right? <laughs> right. He has his own unhappy child. Is clearly captivated early on by Sunny's simple radiance. He courts her in a straightforward, determined fashion. Never um, coming on too strong, but always being in the right place at the right time. Once again, she did not do the ending for this. So let me use my other link. And hopefully there is a conclusion to this. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the conclusion is that, you know what? It might be better on the Wikipedia because I'm pretty sure I read it. <laughs> the ending was a little wild. Um, let's see. Plot. Yes. So we left off with Young Mi trying to get Young to Meanwhile, Wu Jin suffers from a broken heart as Young Mi mm-hmm. makes his life miserable and finally dumps him so she could chase Young Chul, even though it hurts her just as much since she does not love him as only after him for career sakes. The climax of the plot comes when a former lover of Young Mi appears and threatens to reveal her darkest, deepest secret um, should she not return his feelings. Any guess what this darkest, deepest secret could be, Marion? Um, she had a child and gave it up for adoption. Mm, same vein. She was a prostitute. Oh. Uh, yeah. Since the gangster did not succeed in his attempts, he decides to kill Young Mi. Oh. Wu Jin dives in while saving her life. However, all of Yumi's trickery is exposed. Losing everything and heartbroken because of Wu Jin's death, she attempts to commit suicide. Her efforts are frustrated when she is found unconscious by a group of nuns on the shore of the Han River. When Young Mi wakes up, she suffers from amnesia and has lost almost all her memories of her past. The drama ends with a happy reconciliation between Young Mi and Sun Mi, who cries besides Young Mi, forgiving her for the misunderstandings between them since they met. Finally, Hyung Chung swears eternal love and proposes to Sun Mi right in the middle of the street, asking her not to move to London. <laughs> but she still got amnesia. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um no, throw it in the trash. Oh, I hate that plot. Uh, uh I say I read that and I said, "Oh. <laughs> Ain't no way." I want to read you also this like this was a review from somebody on uh spnet.tv. <laughs> Because I wanted to know, like, what else was up about this drama. She said, the pace of this series is slow. Everyone Mm -hmm. talks slowly, walks slowly, turns slowly. Everything is slow. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that for 20 episodes. And 20 hours of my life? No. Also, I found out that there was a remake of this drama. A remake of this drama in China. And guess Mm -hmm. who was the male lead? Um, I, I would have to type the name in. No, I don't know. Zhang Hyuk. <laughs> in a Chinese remake, he was the male lead. Oh my god! The two thousands were a time. <laughs> a time. I will never watch this drama. Um, but 
the lot of the screenshots I've seen it are giving meme the I think I really do like the aesthetic of the late nineties, early two thousands dramas, just looking at them, like the coloring mm-hmm. wise. But I think the pacing of the drama was definitely meant for a different time. That man died and she tried to commit suicide and got amnesia. She got away with it. <laughs> That's insane. Huh. All right, man. Okay. Let's do our last one. I do know I'm excited about this one because <laughs> the amount, the amount of clips that I have seen from this show. <laughs> we are doing recap. Um, I'm going to be talking about what happened in Bali, a 2004 drama that was 20 oh. episodes. Goes by the name Memories in Bali, Memories of Bali, something <laughs> happened in Bali. I've heard every version <laughs> of it. Um, and it aired from January 3rd, 2004 to March 7th, 2004. Mm-hmm. Our leads are all very recognizable names. We have Soji Sub again. We have Park Yejin, ha- Haji Won, and the very famous Zoe- Zo In Sung. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into... We're just going to jump into this plot because it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Lee Soo Jung, who's played by Haji Won, is an orphan who works as a tour guide in Bali. She has mm-hmm. a useless brother, <laughs> a useless brother that constantly gets into trouble and needs her to bail him out all the time. She struggles to make ends meet and aspires to be rescued out of her current current predicament by a rich, rich and wealthy ma- man. Jung Jae Min, played by Jo In Sung, is a youngest son of a wealthy chairman of the Pax Group. He is uninterested in business, irresponsible, arrogant, childish, self-centered, and a playboy. Yep, because Jimin... if they're not the playboy, they own the company. They're inherited. Right. There's no in-between. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a good person, hardworking, and <laughs> about to run the company. Um, Jamin is constantly put down by his elder brother and beaten up by his father, but he is immune to all these traits all these treatments Jesus Christ. <laughs> he is en- engaged to Choi Young-ju who's played by Park Ye-jin who comes from a comparably wealthy and powerful family but Jamin and Young-ju are not in love with each other mm-hmm. Jamin is of the opinion that even with marriage it should not affect how both of them are to lead their lives okay okay <laughs> Young-ju, Young-ju in turn is still in love with her ex-boyfriend Kang In-wook played by Soji Sub whom she left so that she could be engaged to Jamin. Kang In-wook comes from a lower class family. His parents are divorced and his mother opens a small restaurant or runs a small restaurant. He is capable, he's a capable person at work, but he has a cold exterior and is difficult to and it is difficult to read his mind. Uh Youngju visits In-wook who is working in Indonesia and asks him to spend some time with her where no one knows them. They take off to Bali only to be greeted by Jamin at the airport who has tracked down Youngju down from Seoul. Youngju claims that Inwook is an ex-classmate who she met there. Jamin invites Inwook to join him and Youngju on a Bali trip on the Bali trip. So Jung... What? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even want to be with her and he acted all like, this is my, this is my fiance. This is my girl. Okay. Right. Sojung is a tour guide hired by Jamin for the city tour. The tour was tense for Jamin, Inwook, and Youngju. Sojun tries to figure out how the three are connected and suspects Inwook to be the rich and wealthy one amongst them. Oh, Jamin for real like shit. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Jamin finds out that Inwook is working for 
his family factory in Indonesia and his relationship with Youngju. At the end of the tour, Jamin gets drunk and unruly and starts to throw insults at Youngju and Iwook. A disgusted For, Youngju. Okay, wait, wait, yeah. wait. This man is off his rocker. You don't even. Y'all not. Wait. <laughs> y'all aren't married because of love, right? You literally <laughs> said it should not affect our lives, which to me implies <laughs> I'm going to be with other people. So. Right. <laughs> Um, a disgusted Youngju leaves a drunk Jamin behind and heads home for Seoul. Sojung uh, takes Jamin back to his room and realizes that Jamin is the rich one amongst the three. In his half-drunken state, Jamin asks Sujung to spend the night with him. Although Sujung calls Jamin a bastard, she agrees to stay and tells him to pay whatever he deems fit. However, Jamin throws money at Sujung and tells her to leave. This man, the back end and the fourth end, I would have been done. <laughs> <laughs> Inwook returns, right. Inwook returns <laughs> to his room in Bali half drunk as well. He is hurt by the day's events. He hears someone crying in the next room and sees Sujung sobbing over the humili- humiliating incident and she-, she has just encountered with Jamin. She is also lamenting about her unfortunate and unlucky life. He overhears her phone conversation with her brother and learns little about Sujung's pathetic situation. Mm-hmm. Inwook returns to Jakarta and is told that he is to be transferred back to the head office in Seoul. Sujung also sets forth to return to Seoul to track down her colleague Joe, who has run away with her money. They meet on the plane on the way back. Jamin's scheming brother places. They meet on the way back. Jamin's scheming brother places Inwook under Jamin. What? Oh, under Jamin and the company. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamin's brother lures Inwook to his camp to devise a financing plan to pump money from his father to an external investment. Money okay. laundering. All right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so puts up at her friend friend Mihi's place. She decides to try her luck with Jamin for a job. However, he has forgotten about her and chased her out of the office. Sujung's brother gets into trouble and tells Sujung and sells Sujung to his debtors. Debtor debtors. Sells? Like human <laughs> like, trafficking? Oh my god. Sujung ends up working in a nightclub as a human signboard touting businesses for the nightclub. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Wait, okay. I thought that was as a result. They kidnapped her and made her do oh, the sign No, <laughs> that's something different. <laughs> okay. Inwook moves into the apartment next to Mihi. Sujung and Inwook reunite outside the nightclub when Mihi invites Inwook to the club. Somehow, Jamin also tracks Inwook to the same nightclub that fateful night, and their meeting turns into an ugly brawl with the club gangsters. Sujung knocks out the leader of the gang while trying to save the two guys. They run away and manage to escape the gangsters. Jamin buys Sujung an expensive coat to thank her for her help. But because Sujung offended the gangsters during the fight, she is taken back to the nightclub and forced to be a bar hostess. Nigga, if you gonna do something, do it all the way. She needs a fucking job. <laughs> right. I don't want this goddamn coat. What's <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> gonna do? <laughs> Keep me warm. Pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Jamin checks up on Sujung's background and learns that she has been relegated to a bar hostess. He brings his friends to the nightclub and asks, Su- asks for Sujung. What? <laughs> god, just terrible. <laughs> he wants to take her out for the night, but Sujung refuses and tells him to take the other girls instead. Jamin leaves her his name and tells name card and tells her to call him if she changes her mind. After her second humiliating meeting with Jamin, Sujung meets Inwook <sighs> on the way home. She takes him out for a drink and over the conversation she sobs to Inwook about her situation and tells him for her aspiration to marry a rich man to end her misery. Girl, that is not going to solve your problems. (laughs) (laughs) Unable to bear with working as a bar hostess, Sujung eventually looks Jamin up and borrows 30 million won 
to pay off her brother's debts. Jesus. She offers to sleep with with Jamin as a last resort, but Jamin tells her that he's not interested in her. He lends her the money anyway, and Sujan promises to find a job and pay him back. Jamin tells Sujan to look him up if she fails to find anything. Sujan pays off her debts and parts ways with her brother. She tells her brother not to look her up unless he finds Joe. Oh, the person stole her money. Okay, and gets her money back. She resists asking for a job from Jamin and vows to find a job on her own. However, Girl, Sujung, if you don't take <laughs> right, some money from it anyway. Like, right. However, Sujung is unsuccessful in her job search and ends up working in a karaoke bar. You That's are not going job. to pay $30 million <laughs> back working at a fucking no. karaoke bar. <laughs> this old Jamin man, this man is part of a, a table group. You better get right. that nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jamin gets restless when he does not hear from Sujung after giving her the money and he decides to look her up at Mihi's apartment. He finds Sujung in Inwook's apartment where they are sharing a drink and chatting. Jamin chides Sujung Sujung as irresponsible. Um, that's he's one to talk. Okay. And as she did not call to let him know that she got the money, he tells her to report to work the next day at his office. Meanwhile, Young Ju continues to walk to stock. Inwook at his apartment seeking reconciliation. She tries to call off the engagement to which Jamin happily agrees. Youngju is puzzled at Jamin's w- willingness to call it off and starts to feel unwanted. Girl, Girl. you called it off first. <laughs> oh my god. I would hate oh I know she would irritate me. Oh. Unwanted. <laughs> However, Inwook is not willing to take Yujun back as he feels that she does not love him, but rather wants to possess him out of her own selfish re- reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inwook also starts to work with Jamin's brother closely on the investment plan. Jamin's brother, in turn, introduces Inwook to participate at the senior board meetings. Okay. Jamin that doesn't sound good, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jamin and Youngju's engagement is not called off because Jamin's mother blackmails Youngju with intimate photographs taken of Youngju and Inwook. Okay. Youngju is resigned to her predicament and plays along with the arrangement of both parents on the engagement. Everybody just trash. Okay. Okay. Wait. So Jamin's mama said y'all can't break up because I have photos right. of you fucking another man. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, ma'am, what? what? <laughs> okay. That's so stupid. <laughs> oh my god, the rich be doing weird shit to keep the money within the rich people. Oh my god. Sujung starts to work at Jamin's company as a receptionist, but falls asleep in the office on her first day of work. She leaves the office late and runs into Jamin, who is hiding in the near by meeting room from his tyrant father Jamin uh, who's the chairman Jamin takes Sujung for a fancy dinner to celebrate her first day at work but Jamin's good mood is ruined when Sujung mentions Inwook during dinner she feels as though she feels that it is through divine intervention and fate that she keeps meeting Inwook he was her neighbor in the hotel in Bali they sat next to each other on the plane to Seoul and now he is her neighbor and colleague Jamin is unhappy to hear about Sujung and Inwook's encounters and promptly leaves the restaurant. He tells Sujan to go home on her own and she is puzzled by Jamin's response. I would be too, because where did that come from? Right. Inwook also starts to ask Sujung out. He brings her home to see his mother and they even spent a happy afternoon at the cinema. Jamin works late in the office and is locked in the building. Coincidentally, Sujung is also stuck in the building. She falls asleep in his office and when she leaves in the morning, Jamin asks her whether meeting him is also a kind of destiny for Sujung as well. Inwook sees Sujung leaving Jamin's office. That should not be suspicious, but all right. right. <laughs> Inwook returns home to see Youngju waiting for him. She asks Inwook to be her lover. Inwook takes Youngju into his apartment and starts to take off his clothes. 
clothes. Yunju asks Inwook what is he doing. He retorts, "Isn't this what you want?" He leaves the apartment in a fury. Youngju leaves as well. Inwook's mother visits Inwook and finds the apartment empty. She leaves food with Sujung and Mihi for Inwook. Sujung couldn't could not sleep and decides to take the food over to Inwook's apartment. Inwook returns to his apartment and finds Sujung there. He confesses to Sujung that he likes her and gives her a kiss. Sujung lies on. Inwook's bed and he bends over to kiss her but all is interrupted when they hear Jamin knocking on Mihi's door asking for Sujung. Now, you are unwanted here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> <You're> alone! <laughs> Sujung jumps at hearing Jamin's voice as they stay silent in the dark apartment waiting for Jamin to leave. Both feel awkward at what has happened. The next morning, Inwook apologizes to Sujung for his actions and suggests um that perhaps he had too much to drink. Okay, I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Youngju is caught drinking by herself at a hotel bar by Jamin's friend. She calls Inwook over. As Youngju is too drunk, Inwook checks her into the hotel. They meet Jamin at the lobby. And Sujun walks. And Sujun also walks into the lobby. Inwook takes Youngju up to the room. And Jamin also leads Sujun to another room. He wants her to spend the night with him. And tells Sujun that it is an opportunity for Sujun to try to replace Youngju. She takes up the offer and as she undresses Jamin at, and as she undresses Jamin asks Sujung whether she can at least pretend to like him and whether she agrees to spend the night with him to spite Inwook. Sujung asks Jamin why he let her see Inwook with Young Jun if it is for revenge as well. She leaves a room at the quarters and at the quarters bumps into Inwook. Okay, we love a smart sis because she was like, <laughs> bitch, you not slick. <laughs> uh, Young Jun went into Jamin's apartment. She asks Jamin whether he is jealous with what he saw and asks him not to make use of Sujung. Jamin tells Youngju that he likes Sujung the same way that she likes Inwook. Youngju is shaking with Jamin's confession. Girl, now, what? Men, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no! How? Okay, how are you going to be like, don't utilize don't utilize Sujung uh, Sujung to, you know, make people jealous or whatever. But then are mad at him for oh y'all are just <laughs> too much, too much drama. Um, Inwook is promoted. And he calls Sujung to have dinner with him. Sujung agrees, but a conversation is overheard by Youngju. Youngju throws Sujung's phone in the water. Jamin looks for Sujung in the gallery, but was caught by his mother. As he tries to pacify his mother, Jamin admits that he finds himself going insane when he does not see Sujung for even a day. Sujung is shocked by Jamin's admission of his affections for her. Jamin sends Sujung home and asks her to stay by his side. Okay. But you're sending her away? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Inwook calls Jamin and asks him whether he is with Sujung. Jamin passes the phone to Sujung and Inwook is upset that she stood at him up for dinner. Jamin takes Sujung to an apartment and tells her that she can stay there while she makes up her mind about his proposition. Sujung decides to accept Jamin's offer and moves out of me his apartment. She asks Jamin what his conditions are. Jamin agrees to give her anything but wants anything she wants but marriage. However, their cohabiting relationship was cut short when Yujung's mother finds out about Sujung. She bashes Sujung at the gallery. Sujung leaves the apartment after a row with Jamin and returns to meet his apartment. Sujung falls ill and Inwook takes care of her. Jamin turns up to apologize but ends up in a fight with Inwook and Jamin warns Inwook to stay away from Sujung as she is his woman. Okay. 
Okay, I was going to skip a little bit more. Sujung quits her job at the gallery and is insulted by Youngju. Sujung returns to the apartment and dresses up. She asks Jamin out for a romantic dinner. After their wine and dine, both are a little tipsy and return to the apartment that Jamin has arranged for Sujung. Sujung decides to leave and Jamin begs her to stay. Sujung sobs and apologizes to Jamin about her greed. Jamin kisses her and they end up in bed. A heartbroken Inwook moves. Jamin's father finds out about Sujung and beats Jamin to a pulp um threatening to harm (laughs) (laughs) sujung threatening to harm sujung as well if she does not if he does not go ahead with the wedding plans with youngju petrified by his father's warning jamin stays away from sujung sujung finds out about jamin's wedding on the paper she calls him to talk she calls him to ask him out but jamin while breaking down on the other side of the phone refuses remembering his father's threats threats is that the scene with him crying with his (laughs) his mouth i hope that's what that is okay Inwook is double crossed by Jamin's brother. He's being Inwook is double crossed by Jamin's brother. He's being taken away from the investment project altogether, but he has already built his alliance with investors and they refuse to continue to deal with any other project team leader other than Inwook. Inwook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both Jamin and Youngju are miserable after their wedding as Jamin cannot stop thinking about Sujung and Youngju realizes that she has married a walking corpse. Jamin turns cold on her every time he sees her and he's constantly drunk down drunk to to constantly drunk to drown his thoughts of Sujung. Jamin learns from Sujung's brother that Sujung is seeing Inwook again, and that thought kills him through and through. Jamin finally announces his determination to have a divorce and abandon everything for Sujung. He asks Sujung to wait for him. Jamin's father sends some men to take Sujung. Sends some men to take Sujung to him, but they were intercepted by Inwook. Sujung takes refugee at Inwook's apartment. Inwook asks Sujung to leave Korea with him. Sujung accepts his offer, and they leave for Bali to start a new life. Jamin's brother finds out that Inwook has embezzled all the funds from the investment project, passes out, and is hospitalized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jamin finds out that Inwook has eloped with Sujong and tracks, tracks him down to Bali. Jamin sees them in bed living luxu- luxuriously after stealing $30 million from the company. He proceeds to shoot them both in a fit of rage and sadness. Sujung tells Jamin she loves him with her last breath. Jamin, overwhelmed by sadness, walks to the beach and commits suicide. killing me. I hate <laughs> They keep all of that nonsense. All of that nonsense. <laughs> Just for it to, to end on the leads dying. What? That was because I knew there was suicide. I knew somebody was oh. going to commit suicide. So I'm just like I'm reading along with you, and I and I did not look at the end. So when you said he shot them in a fit of rage, I shot said, them, shot them both of them. I was like, um, <laughs> that man was not okay. When you said when you said that his father beat him to a pulp and he went through with the marriage. Oh, I said, oh, this is an abused child. Like Every a really abused child. Is making terrible decisions. You're going to, you're going to embezzle 30 million won from this man, this company. And then only run as far to Bali? Still in Asia? <laughs> man, you gotta jump to the other side of the earth. That's not far right. enough. You gotta, you gotta be jumping to uh, countries that don't have extradition laws. Like, come on now. <laughs> When I saw the investment, I was like, okay, Per, take some money and run. Maybe not the whole 30 million, but you know. Yeah. 
Oh my god, that's an insane ending. That is... Yeah, the whole, like, murder-suicide thing. <laughs> Soji Sub is two for two on dramas where he dies at the end. Like, Man, that movie he did, I need him to chill. <laughs> no wonder he's doing rom-coms in his, like, late 40s. Like... <laughs> Oh, I just realized Hajiwon is is the actress who's the the main right. girl. I just that's a lot. Okay, so which story was the wildest? <laughs> um, for me, I'm sorry, I love you. Take it the cake. It. Oh, really? but you know, Winter Sonata with the mom was also pretty <laughs> insane. Right. Mine has to be. I'm sorry, I love you. Three of them. No, not I'm sorry, I love you. What happened in Bali? Three of the main characters died. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was. You got all of the real dramatic ones. Right. Mine were just like, mine were like, oh, here's a trend. <laughs> here's why this trope exists. <laughs> no, mine were like death, <laughs> death, death, possible incest. <laughs> God, I I had another one that I did called Save the Last Dance. We're gonna save this for the next one because okay. this one was also fucking insane. <laughs> you want to talk about amnesia? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. If I see the Ninja tag, I'm not watching. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not. You just, you, y'all can miss me with that. Right. After you get through like three Gateway K dramas, I'm not watching anything else with an amnesia plot. You cannot right. make me. <laughs> no. No. The wildest to me has to be, it has to be, I'm sorry, I love you. Because yeah. what happened in Bali, I guess I was expecting it, but mm-hmm. for two characters to commit suicide like that, and right. then the heart, the heart transplant, a girl, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's, that's fucking wild. If you were to watch one of these, which one do you think you'd watch? Um, I think I'd watch All About Eve. I think it would have to be, you know, I'm more of a of a Makadon person, so I think it'd uh-huh. have to be what happened in Bali. <laughs> Girl, that is... We, I would only watch that if we watched that together. I right, could not right. watch it by myself. <laughs> I, could, I could not watch it by myself. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this second edition of K-Drama Classics. Let us know which storyline was the most wild to you. We'll definitely have a Q&A up on Spotify, or you can just hit us up on twitter at commented or tiktok at commented podcast we will definitely be back this is a series i think we're definitely gonna keep doing because even now like gateway k-dramas have changed for people like i wonder how many people who have gotten to k-dramas in the last three to four years have ever seen boys over flowers <laughs> or full house is very small (laughs) very small i feel like it would be very small so we'll definitely go over as we move into like the 2010s we'll do some of the gateway dramas we watched that'll be fun because them shit is crazy but i really do i'm gonna talk about it now we can do it after (laughs) okay yeah but gateway k dramas are always crazy um we hope you enjoyed this episode let us know if you liked it by giving us a five-star review on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen uh until next time i'm tori i'm Marin. bye-bye Bye.